Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict. Uh, that's not my real name. It's a pen name that I use here at LOL Sober. And I wanted to talk today a little bit about one of my favorite slogans, which is you're only as sick as your secrets. And, you know, when I went to rehab, I had to meet with a counselor in the intake office, and she was going to gauge my drug and alcohol use and then determine what kind of care that she thought I needed. And so I'd never been to rehab before. I had never been to an, uh, any sort of 12-step meeting either. So I was a total rookie. And, but I was completely broken at that point. And so I decided to tell her the truth, everything about my using, my lying, terrible parenting, all of the overdoses and vomiting and everything. And so for an hour, I answered everything she asked me. And I had never said any of those things out loud to anybody. So it was very much a spiritual experience and broke my heart a little bit. Um, I cried a lot, um, but it was my first experience with the idea of I'm as sick as my secrets. And, you know, to tell you the whole version, not just the Hollywood version of that story, like the whole truth of that is that on the way there that day, um, I went to a urgent care. I walked in, faked an injury, got a bunch of pills, uh, then I went to this appointment and I sobbed and poured my heart out and on the way home, I got high as shit. So yeah, I got obliterated right after begging for help from active drug and alcohol addiction. So <laughs> what can I say? Active addiction is, um, it's an ugly disease. And so even early in recovery, I still wasn't completely on board with opening up. And to be honest, I just didn't even know how to do it. I hadn't done it my whole life. And so I'll never forget one night I was at rehab and I had maybe 60 days clean and sober. And I mentioned um, to one of the counselors during a session that uh, that I, a contractor that I had hired had done some work and then disappeared. And I needed him to follow through on this project. And I felt ripped off and couldn't get a hold of this guy, had no information about him. And um, I ended up finding a location of his office. And um, I went in, and it was this big office building in New York City where there was lots of startup businesses who just had like a cubicle they were working out of. And I went in after hours. No one was around. I was not allowed to be in there. But I went in. I found the desk. I took a bunch of paperwork that had his contact information. And then I hunted him down and made sure that he was going to follow through on the work. And so I mentioned this at the rehab session. I blurted it out like it was like a just like a football score or my birthday or something. And the counselor's jaw was on the floor. And even some of the other hardcore newcomer addicts um, in the room were shaking their heads. And I was like, whoa, what's the big deal? Like this guy was trying to stiff me. And the counselor was like, you did like five illegal things that you can't live like that in sobriety. And so she told me to reach out to my sober network and see what those people thought. Guess what they thought? They thought I had done like five illegal things and that I can't do stuff like that <laughs> in sobriety. So it was a critical lesson for me that I cannot trust my own judgment. I'd been my higher power for like over 10 years and it, it had to stop. Um, and it reminded me of that scene in Seinfeld where George Costanza has sex with a cleaning person in his office and his boss calls him out on it. And George just says, was that, was that wrong? He had no idea. And, and neither did I. I had no gauge on what was right and what was wrong. And so, so I learned. I learned. I got a lot better when it came to that. But one really interesting thing that I've stumbled upon later on in sobriety is that I need to expand the definition of the word secret. Because the longer I've been sober, 
the less I did breaking and entering level things. Um, my secrets are, are now stuff like, you know, being sad about something my kid's struggling with or being disheartened by something at, at work, you know, feeling down on myself. And I always just think like, oh, I'll figure that out. And I'm like kind of embarrassed to bring it up um, with somebody in my network. But those are the things, man, that, that those small things, they can be more dangerous than the big stuff if you think you can handle it. And I, I oftentimes think that, you know. And the last thing I'll say is uh, it reminds me of one time in college I mentioned to a guy that I had to clean out my fridge because there was a bunch of disgusting stuff in there. And I mentioned that I had some bologna, a package of bologna um, that was there from the previous semester. And he said to me, he was incredulous. He said, like, why would you, why would you throw that out? Like, bologna doesn't go bad. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, it turns out bologna does go bad. By the time I threw it out, I think it was <laughs> like totally green and had grown arms and legs and had maybe 10 or 12 credits as a college freshman. And, you know... That's a long anecdote with a with a very short point, which is that I can't leave stuff in the back of my spiritual fridge and expect it to not grow mold and spoil. So I'm Nelson. Thanks for letting me.